We are joined in today's bonus episode of Jimmy's Jobs of the Future by Hayden Wood, the co-founder of Bulb, the renewable energy company which supplies 1.7 million homes in the UK. Hayden was our very first guest on the show, but with the government announcing that it wants to create a green industrial revolution and create 250,000 green jobs. With Bulb employing 900 people and growing by the week, we thought it would be a good idea to get Hayden's take on the announcement. So Hayden, what did you make of the announcements that the government made and what particular bit of it got you most excited? Hi, hi Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. Um, I, I guess there was a lot um, in the plan about improving the way in which energy is generated in the UK, in the way in which it's used. Um, and we just think it's a, a really, really positive first step in, 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 yeah, in getting the entire country to net zero. I mean, some of the numbers announced in the plan were staggering. Uh, you know, 12 billion of spending, 250,000 new jobs, a quadrupling of the UK's wind generation. I think, um, like specifically getting into the plan, there were some really, really encouraging commitments around uh, um, electric vehicles and you know, cutting out uh, new petrol and diesel car sales by 2030. And actually, you know, in addition to that, some also some really progressive mentions of, of, of nature in the, um, in, in, in the plan as well. So I guess uh, we're just very keen to see how, how this plan now turns into action. And that, I guess that's what we're, you know, where companies like ours come, come uh, that's, where, that's, where, that's where we have to sort of start taking responsibility for this as, alongside government. Yes, and that is always a challenge in, in government, is following through on these ideas and announcements. Uh, I can speak from my own experience on that. Um, you've talked previously um, about having a lot of your employees not necessarily coming with a kind of energy or, or climate background. And one of the things that I worry about sometimes is when we announce these green jobs is that sometimes people in their heads slightly rule themselves out a bit thinking, oh, well, I don't have any qualifications in climate um, or a degree in it and so forth. What skills do you think that somebody who wants to get a green job needs to demonstrate if they wanted to work at a company such as Bulb? Oh, yeah, uh, good question. So I think the first thing I'd say is that you don't need like special skills to work in a, in a green job versus working in a job for fossil fuels. I think really the sort of fundamental skills of communicating problem solving they're transferable uh, you know from uh, uh, across all sorts of industries and so when we're interviewing people for for jobs at bulb we're not really looking at whether or not they've worked in uh, renewables before or or have a you know have a have a degree in climate science that's that's not what we're looking for what we're looking for is do they have good communication skills? Do they have good problem solving skills? And are they passionate about our mission? And I think if you know if you can combine those skills with a with a passion for for what for the problems that as a you know that we're trying to solve as a company, then then that's the perfect setup. And and how can people sort of demonstrate that um, commitment? I mean, we've talked about this challenge before in in the sort of old style kind of one on one interview process. Sometimes it can be quite difficult to to get that passion across. Are you looking for people that have done something in the local community which improves the environment and, and so forth? I, th I think that, I mean, that certainly wouldn't be a 
a negative if we were to see that on on someone's profile but i wouldn't say it's a prerequisite either you know and if you can talking specifically about bulb if you can come in to bulb and demonstrate an understanding for the company's mission and how as a company we're helping lower people's bills and lower their carbon emissions and and what the role of an energy supplier should be like in the future um, instead of what the role of energy suppliers are playing today just demonstrating that understanding that intellectual curiosity would be enough to to display that i think i think if people want to get involved in community energy projects and 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 you know other initiatives within society that's that's a great thing to do in itself you know not just to to get a job at bulb yeah i would agree on that and perhaps the most eye catching announcement as you mentioned was around banning the sale of diesel and petrol cars by 2030 and trying to make the UK kind of an electric car leader. I was just quite interested in, you know, do we have the capacity to do this? And, you know, how how realistic is it? Because it just strikes me that if we're making that dramatic shift in the next 10 years, then that is going to put a huge amount of extra pressure on the amount of renewable energy that we're using. And there's not much point in kind of all moving to electric vehicles if we're going to end up burning a lot more coal for everyone to be charging them overnight, for example. And I just wondered, it's obviously a huge opportunity as well. It's going to be a massive growing part of the economy around electric cars and electric charging. And I just wondered if Bulb had done any modelling around that. Well, yes, it's something that we, we look at quite a bit. I would say, I'd say two things on this, this Jimmy. The, fir- the first one is, is about what the role of these announcements and, and the plan. And then the second thing is specifically answering your question about capacity within the grid. So on the, on the first one, I don't think the government should make announcements where it's guaranteed that we're going to achieve these things. When John F. Kennedy sort of announced that they were going to put a man on the moon, he was, he was announcing it not because it was going to be easy to do that but because it was going to be hard to do that and we have an opportunity over the next decade to to protect our planet and it's not going to be easy to protect this planet and change the way we're living we're going to have to make a lot of changes to how we live and we're going to have to be really inventive in the way we use technology to solve these problems but to see Governments make announcements like cutting out internal combustion engine sales by 2030. That it's that sort of ambition that is going to get us there. So even if we don't have the ability to charge everyone's electric vehicle in the grid today, I still don't think that means we shouldn't be announcing these these aims. We will solve these problems in time. The the second thing to, to answer your specific question, I think that if magically overnight everybody in the UK bought an electric vehicle and plugged it in to charge at 6pm that would not um, be able to be supported by our our grid Um, but but that's not to say that we won't be able to do it as you know over time and interestingly I think that whilst electric vehicles will increase our total electricity demand what electric vehicles also have is a battery inside the electric vehicle. And those batteries, when they're plugged in, can be charging, but they can also be discharging. And I think the really exciting thing about converting the 30-odd million cars in the UK into electric vehicles will mean that there will be 30 million large batteries 
that can be plugged into the grid at any one time and used to help balance fluctuations in, in demand and supply within the grid. So, so I think we need to change our mindset slightly on electric vehicles. And then instead of just thinking about them as demand on the grid, they can actually provide supply at different times as well and, and will be really important in helping balance supply and demand in, in the future. Yeah, I think that's a, a very interesting point that isn't made. And what and I totally agree with you on targets and, and being ambitious, right? And if you fall just short, then you know it doesn't necessarily matter if we end up getting there by 2032 on these things. It's still a lot closer than we were predicting just a few years ago. So I'm with you on that. What other thinking has Bulb done around kind of a, a electric charging? And where do you see the, the opportunity for young scale-up companies like yourself with it? Well, I think there are a lot of opportunities here. So one thing is changing the way people purchase cars. Um, There are some really interesting companies that are making electric vehicles available to people who don't necessarily want to pay thousands and thousands of pounds upfront to purchase the car. There's a a really interesting company called Onto that, that I've met recently that are doing things there. I think there's some really, there are going to be some interesting choices that we make about how, you know, how electric vehicles are charged. Are they charged in, in, uh, in people's driveways? Are they charged in the streets? How are, how are cities with on-street parking going to convert their, 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 their roads and, and, and set up electric vehicle charges in those roads? And then finally, you know, what, what are we going to do with, um, with all of these petrol stations that we have everywhere? What are the charging facilities going to be like there? And, and that's going to be quite a bit of work for the grid to provide enough capacity in, the, in those locations. And then I guess the final thing, it's not really a problem for businesses to solve, but I imagine that the government is uh, slightly concerned about fuel duty because I, I know it makes up quite a lot of, of, of the government's revenue. So we're going to have to work out how, how those figures are squared. Yes, that will that will be something that the Treasury is very worried about in my my experience <laughs> of trying to suggest tweaks to anything like that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, that's been a um, that's been a brilliant insight, Hayden. It's been great to kind of have you on the show to talk about that, and we'll have to get you on again soon to talk about where the growth areas are and you know where you'll be hiring for in twenty twenty one as well. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Jimmy. Good good to speak to you again. Have a good day. Cheers, Hayden.